everyone, this podcast is with Ricky Zhang from The Prince of Travel. We chat about lifestyle design, how Ricky stumbled into the credit card miles and points game, how to leverage these points to travel the world at a fraction of the cost, the different levels of the game you can aspire to, and how miles and points can unlock what would otherwise be inaccessible travel experiences. The Rockstar Inner Circle will actually be a sponsor at Ricky's upcoming travel summit happening at the Metro Toronto Convention Center on April 27th and 28th, 2024. So a few of us on the team, including myself, will be there to learn, network with, and give some rockstar value to the Prince of Travel community. If you're interested in checking Ricky's event out, go to thetravelsummit.com and you can use the promo code YOURLIFEYOURTERMS, all caps, no spaces, to get a $50 discount off of event tickets. I know a few people from the Rockstar community have purchased tickets, so we hope to see many more of you there. Something about live events, meeting, and networking with other people, taking action is simply the best way to learn the tips, tricks, and ways to get ahead in any domain of life. This is something that I've picked up on more and more after attending more and more of these types of events. That is why we personally continue to hold the massive Your Life, Your Terms event multiple times every single year. Our last event had 1,071 attendees come out to learn and immerse themselves in the Rockstar community. If you want more access to the community like these types of events, make sure to check out our website, rockstarinnercircle.com. There you'll find registration for our free real estate investing class hosted by Tom and Nick Carrezza live, our YouTube videos, free books and reports of ours, Rockstar Investor case studies, and access to our weekly email newsletter received by over 20,000 Canadians, which has been basically become Tom's blog where he shares his personal life as well as amazing breakdowns of the economy, real estate market, recent news, and honestly how to get ahead in this crazy, crazy economy that we're all living through right now. Go to rockstarinnercircle.com to check it out and go to thetravelsummit.com to check out Ricky's upcoming event. Use promo code YourLifeYourTerms to get 50 bucks off and I hope to see you there. I am excited for this event. Okay, Ricky Zhang everyone. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carrazza. Are you ready? Let's go. I just want to fit it in, before, you know, while we start the podcast, we're sponsoring your upcoming travel summit. Oh, you guys are in. But yeah, we're in. Oh, you didn't even know that. Oh, Rowan, I think was was chatting to me about it. But yeah, you're right. You're right. You guys are one of the sponsors. So we're in, man. Welcome. Yeah, uh, thank you. The travel summit four four months from now, right? Four yes. months to go. It's going to be a big time, um, April 26th, 28th, downtown Toronto and... Metro yeah. Tr- Toronto Convention Center. Yeah, Metro Toronto yeah. Convention Center. It'll be wonderful to have your support. Yeah, no, we're excited, man. Like I had bought my own ticket, right? Mm-hmm. Just to come. Uh, so we, I think you guys still have the promo code set up. Your life, your terms. Yes. 50 bucks off. So anyone listening that's interested in coming, we're going to have a booth. I know a, bu- a few people have already purchased tickets. I was talking to Rohan using that code. So it's 50 bucks off uh, general admission or VIP. There's two tiers and it's packed with all these cool sessions. So what? what tell me about the event. Like what's going down at the event? What are all the sessions about? Who are the speakers? What's the point of this whole thing? How many years have you done it? Like, tell me about it because I'm super curious myself. Yeah, absolutely. So the Travel Summit is the number one event for elevating your travel. It's our second edition. First edition was October, 2022 in Toronto, same location as well. We had about 350, 400 attendees. This year we're gunning for 500. 
And the idea is to bring together, um, you know, be the hub for our space in which we're, we're all passionate about traveling the world on points, leveraging your credit cards, maximizing your points, flying in first class, and kind of unlocking this lifestyle of travel freedom and elevated travel experiences at a fraction of the cost, right? So we at Prince of Travel, myself for the past seven, 10 years, and, you know, this whole community we've built, we're very passionate. We're always online, keeping up with the news and the deals, chatting with each other on the online chat spaces and, you know, keeping each other engaged on what the latest tips and strategies are. But we, until now, haven't really had a gathering place that we come together, learn from the experts, but also intermingle with each other, get to network and get to put some faces to names among fellow travelers who are also very passionate about the same thing. And you know, we've, we've had so many stories from the first edition of people coming together, making friends and becoming really great travel friends down the line and being able to keep up with keep up, you know, among each other with these strategies and elevate their elevate their entire travel game as a result. And also even go on some trips together and find some people who are all passionate about the same thing and able to share that passion with each other. Among the sessions, we've got leading travel experts to tell us about, you know, a variety of topics between uh, learning how to start on points as a beginner and then also leveraging your points knowledge as a f more frequent flyer, right? More frequent traveler to be to be able to unlock some of the more advanced strategies in the game, right? After you've gotten your first credit card bonus, after you've gotten your first business class flight, what are some of the more advanced ways that you can level up your game and continue to pursue those same rewards? And in addition to the miles and points side, which we're obviously huge about, we've also got the themes of travel freedom, which is to me, one of the major reasons why you would pursue something like maximizing your points, right? It's to be able to travel the world on your own terms. So whenever you want, you know, when you need to take a trip, if you need to take a last minute trip, or if you want to plan something for the next year with your loved ones, you have the resources and the ability and the network to figure out what the best destinations are, what are the best airlines to fly, and how are you going to fly, uh, you know, potentially in first class without having to pay full price. And then when you get there, which hotels to stay at, what are the best places that your fellow community members have had the best experiences at. That level of travel freedom is something that I and the rest of the community, you know, including many of the Your Life, Your Terms community as well, have been able to unlock through maximizing your points. And that's one of the big emphasis uh, at the event as well. So we've got lots of travel, travel freedom related topics from you know, setting up a remote work lifestyle to um, figure out how to leverage real estate to unlock travel freedom. Our friends Spencer and Ashley are, you know, they've been on this podcast, they're hosting that one. So lots of topics related to that side of it as well that I think will really resonate with the with the crowd here on the on the podcast. Oh, totally. There's so much crossover, man. How, how important is the in-person networking? So I've read blog posts of yours that you had a, an amazing blog post. It was like the different levels of miles and points. Yes. You have the beginner. Yes. Which I've I've crossed the chasm. I feel like I'm coming up maybe on an intermediate, even though I haven't even booked my own flight, man. I've gone deep the last few months. But uh, you've got the beginner, then the intermediate, and then, you know, whatever, however you labeled it. Um, but, you know, you really stress the importance of the, the in-person networking. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, my own story, like when I wanted to learn about real estate investing, I knew the quickest way to learn would be to immerse myself in the world of it which is what attracted me to Rockstar to first join as a member and then join as a team member so I could surround myself by people actually doing it. And you get the rub. You learn what they're doing, how they're doing it, all the tricks, the tips, um, and then just the inspiration from actually being friends and being surrounded by these people that are actually doing it. You then 
level up yourself to be able to do the same things. So that's now what I'm pursuing in the travel community because I would like to travel the world. I would like to travel much more than I am, which what it's been great that we've developed this relationship. And now I want the same thing. So that's why I bought a ticket to the travel summit. For sure. Because I want to immerse myself with these other people. So, you know, tell me about the networking aspect of it. Well, I think a huge part of it is those elements that you've mentioned, right? Surrounding yourself with like-minded people um, who are all, you know, either a little bit ahead of you in the game or say way ahead of you in the game or at the same level or a little bit behind, right? And getting a sense of where everybody is um, and, you know, having the conversations flow around you and being able to pick up tidbits here and there. Um, you know, if somebody mentions something, being able to ask a quick follow-up question to really deepen and solidify your understanding, right? Or ask somebody about their experience. Um, say they were in a position similar to, to where you are. Um, they say, you know, did a few things with their credit cards, applied for a few combinations and got, you know, this welcome bonus along with this spend based bonus and then unlocked this trip that they were then able to um, leverage in a creative way to book a dream flight that might just happen to be, you know, one of your dreams as well. Right. So if that's the situation by being in the room to have those conversations, you're very quickly able to pick up on um, things that are basically tailored to your specific situation compared to looking at uh, content online, right? Mm -hmm. the, the other thing I would add to in-person versus um, online content is at the end of the day, right? Online content is fairly curated for, you know, getting you from a specific phase, which is, um, you know, somebody who's who doesn't know anything about points to kind of knowing something a little bit about points and then um, kind of incentivizing you to go deeper into that rabbit hole, right? Which is kind of what you've experienced. Yeah, much it is addictive, man. Has. It's very it's addictive, right? And it's designed to like keep you absorbing the content, not just from the content creator's perspective, obviously as creators, we're like, obviously we want people to keep absorbing our content, but then all the algorithms as well are designed to just keep you watching content and keep you, you know, um, having questions in your head and then getting an answer, but having more questions. So being in a room with fellow, you know, people who are passionate, yeah. fellow travelers, people who can share their experience, people who in that room are feeling open to share their experiences because that's not always the case online either, right? Yeah. Online, you don't know who you're talking to and there's not always that same level of energy or um, incentive really in terms of, you know, having that social aspect to like, you know, lay it all out if you're trying to help someone out. So in person, in a setting, you know, like that, where you're, you're chatting with someone, the conversation just flows and then the learning curve just uh, accelerates. Is that what you did for yourself when you started learning this game? You started attending little meetups and events? Yeah, 100%. So 2014 is about when I started. 2015, 2016, I was learning the ropes myself. And 2017 was when I f went to my first, you know, points related um, gathering in-person events and because you knew you're onto something by then I knew there was more to you know there were more levels to the game right which is kind of what I wrote in that article yeah, there was you saw the matrix there was more to there was more to figure out <laughs> and, um, I knew that there were you know people who had done these things who probably wouldn't share them online especially in this space where there is a little bit of an element of you know if too many people pursue one strategy uh, it, it it might no longer work right mm. so there's a bit of that element and so with, with those elements specifically if you want the the secret sauce, so to speak, I mean, it's true for basically anything, right? Oh my God! You know, any any so even in real estate, any sort of market strategy, if it's saturated, then uh, you know you move on to the next thing, dude. It's always the conversations, non-recorded conversations, casually between people that are that give you the biggest insights and the biggest 
levels up that allow you to do the most. Mm-hmm. It's always like the little tips and tricks that exactly. like similar thing. Like if you publicly share them, all of a sudden they're not, you know, like the little tips and tricks anymore. Like everybody finds out about it and then that opportunity is gone. So it's that network, man. It's, it's, it's always that it's, it's always, always that. that that gets you ahead in any, in any pursuit, right? Yes. In any pursuit. And so when I say, when we talk about the travel summit, it's the same thing. You know, we're aiming to deliver a lot of value in our speaking sessions and the speakers that we've lined up. But in my experience and in the experience of, you know, I'd venture to say most attendees, uh, the the value that you get from the networking on the side, right? The conversations yeah. in the hallways, the conversations during the networking breaks, right? And not just those conversations, but keeping in touch with people and keeping the conversation going after the fact, those are the long tail value that you get from, from attending an event like this. Hmm. Yeah, the long tail value. I like that. Even the, so the speakers, like one of them is the professional hobo. And uh, I've been reading her blog post for years, like just stumbling, not even going to her blog specifically, but searching up various travel related topics and being led to her blog to the point where I kept recognizing it coming up and up, this professional hobo person. And then this morning I was just checking out your website uh, for the travel summit and uh, I saw her on there. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Like these are avid passionate, you know, leaders in the travel community. It's, it's not even just miles and points specifically. It seems like other travel, I don't know what to call them, experts, influencers, uh, people that really do this on a full-time basis. Yeah. Experts, creative voices, creators. Um, we definitely, like I said, <clears throat> you and know, this is like the Canadian <clears throat> travel community that you've assembled Canadian and U S so Can- and US. Canadian and global, right? Because we you know, travel is a global pursuit. I don't see a reason to necessarily limit our scope geographically, um, but yeah, we we like I mentioned, there's a, there's a big miles and points component. There's a big focus on the best tips for points and the best like first of all understanding the game, and then once you've understood it, right, the the, um, the you know the current state of the game and the best action sequences and the best strategies and the best programs to focus on, uh, because ultimately we believe that that's the best way to travel. You know, anybody who's interested in travel but not learning how to maximize their points is kind of missing out on that whole side of the game right Mm -hmm. but we also don't want to lose sight of why we do this in the first place which is you know all these experiences that we can have on the ground and all all that goes into cultivating a lifestyle right of centering and making those experiences a primary pursuit in one's life that uh that that is you know ultimately a little bit separate from the point side Right. Yeah. That's like, I think after like, you've done the points, after you've unlocked those experiences, what what do you do with them? How do you, you know, cultivate uh, an intentional lifestyle of of you know gathering them and um, pursuing them in in earnest? So that's kind of the the journey that I've been on, I've been on. That's the journey that you know you guys have been on. That's the journey that our team and our community at Prince of Travel have been on. And that's ultimately a big reason for you know, why we get into the credit cards and why we go into the weeds of all the details of all the uh, spreadsheets and, and, and minimum spends and whatnot, right? So that's a big focus of the event as well. Have you found yourself or other people that you know in the community getting caught up in just accumulating points, accumulating points, as opposed to, and forgetting why they started in the first place, which is to get those experiences and travel? Is that is that a trap that you've fallen into or other people that you know of? Because I'm just thinking about this from real estate perspective. It happens all the time with real estate investing or any business op- like entrepreneurship where you get into it for the lifestyle, for the experiences, for your life on your terms. But it takes so much focus and dedication and hard work at the beginning to get that ball rolling that that's all you become focused on. 
And it's, it's, we've had so many stories on this podcast alone of people that have got caught up in that and had to take a reset and like, why did I start this in the first place? So is it the same with the travel points or not so much? I'd say that's a, that's a, that's a risk if you don't kind of pay attention to it. Right. And if you don't kind of keep your, the reason you had gotten started top of mind throughout the whole process, I think that's important for anyone doing anything to, to do, right. Which is like, keep thinking about, keep remembering like why you got into this in the first place. Um, in our space, there's people who get into credit cards and they aren't necessarily big travelers. So that's like perfectly fine as well. And there's ways that our content can serve, um, can serve that avatar. You know, some people are in it for a little bit of side hustle money, essentially, because when you earn points, right, that also has value, has value. Um, and you can, you know, that can be a, you don't have to use the points just, you don't have to, that's, that's the best value that you get, right? Because you get the value equivalent to a first class flight, which is something that would cost a lot of money otherwise. Uh, but if you know, you're not big into travel or if your luxury travel doesn't interest you, then you do have the option of basically treat it as a bit of side hustle, uh, side hustle income. Yeah. So they come at it from a personal finance perspective. Mm. Yeah. And that's, and that's perfectly valid. Um, it's just like, you know, if, if you did originally want to get into the travel game, I think it is easy um, if you're if you're not kind of paying attention to basically get bogged down in your spreadsheets, right? Yeah, and then it just cons- it's, it it can be all consuming if you let it let it be. Yeah, as yeah. you know, it is fairly addictive, and um, once you once you kind of get get the hang of it, you're like, oh, there's more, there's more cards well, to get, there's more layers to the game. Yeah, dude, I don't mean to blow smoke, but your website makes it so easy. Like it makes it so easy. Even your your spreadsheet for tracking all the points. Mm, I downloaded your personal spreadsheet. Yeah. Now I've made some additions to make it more clear for myself and stuff, but the, to have that initial framework, like, oh my God, it's so easy. And then your blog post is funny. You mentioned earlier on how it's like addictive. Like mm-hmm. even your blogs, the way you uh, link to other blog posts, I'll go on for, I'm like, let me just figure out this one thing. <laughs> and I read this blog post and then I'm like, oh that, okay, I got to click that link, that link, that link. And I'm like, yeah. damn it, now I got three tabs. Yeah, and then those three tabs multiply to nine. And then before you know it, it's like I spent my three hour morning magic time before I come in here for my day, just reading three hours of, of your blog post, man. That's, that's, that's the magic of internal linking, my friend. It's the best. Uh, I love it. Like yeah. I've, I've really done a deep dive. No, thank you for saying that. And we we do we do aim to make the content as digestible as possible and the the writing style approachable and the subject matter which can be dense, right? It can yeah. be something that is intimidating and and uh, Oh, it's such a confusing unapproachable, topic. but we try to, you know, make it bite-sized, make it something that people can um, have a good experience at our website browsing and learning. Um well, the I, newbies guide is the best place to start. Mm, yeah. The newbies guide. Yeah. And then you can grow from there. And then once you start getting the small wins, so once I got my first credit card, hit that bonus, once I saw I got the cobalt and started seeing the five times multiplier and that start racking up, like the small wins is what keeps you addicted. And then you hit that bonus and you're like, okay, what's the next move? What's the next move? And it is a game. It's, yeah. it's, it's a super fun game, especially if you're personal, you're, uh, you're, you're personal finance minded right? Because, you know, you are playing this game of you're investing maybe in a first year uh, annual fee, but here's your return, right? And your website just does an amazing job of comparing credit cards and the first year value at like the net value. Mm -hmm. So minus the fees. So how do you actually calculate that? The first year value on a card? So our formula for that, we've got the, we first value the welcome bonus, right? So whatever the welcome bonus is at that current moment, We've got uh, a you know we've got a valuation for each of the major points programs, so Aeroplan points we value at two point one cents per point, I think. 
Yeah, I think it's two point one. Oh, you have that calculation. We we have a so I would approximate. Say it's, it's, right? it's, it's it's an approximated you know um, estimate that we publish quarterly. Oh, cool. Um, in an effort to like help people understand, you know, if I'm earning Avion points compared to Aeroplan points, like which one should I earn? Yeah, right? it's it's not like I would recommend against looking at that number and treating it as the be all end all because there's always nuance that goes into it, right? For some people, Avion points will be more valuable, even though we value Aeroplan points at a higher nominal value on our website. Mm. Just depends on the sweet spots, right? And it's worth, like we talked about, going a little bit deeper to understand which of the points might work best for you. But generally speaking, right, some points are worth more than others. That's just the way that the economics of the game are set up. And so we've got that valuation going. And so for each of the credit cards, we take the welcome bonus associated with it. We value the points that you get as a welcome bonus. Um, and then we subtract that first year annual fee. And that's you know, plus or minus a few other elements, like if you get a first year credit or a, you know, travel credit, that kind of thing, dining credit. And that's the estimation of basically how much value you're earning in that first year by signing up for the card. And the idea is, you know, you sign up for the card and then you're not obligated to keep the card after one year, right? People always ask like, okay, what about the second year, right? So if you then calculate the second year value and it's negative to you, right? If you're if the card's not bringing you value, you do have the option of downgrading it to a zero fee card or canceling it, right? And then the first year value, looking at you know the majority of the credit cards out there, that's where they've all got these huge net positive valuations associated with them, a couple hundred dollars, a couple thousand dollars, right? In the best cases, that uh, that just makes sense to go and apply. Hmm. So it is worth it for you to understand those points valuations yourself, because once you get to that second year, you now kind of have to do that calculation for yourself. Is this worth it for me on a net value basis? Exactly. Like if you, because if you, you make it very easy for the first year, because mm -hmm. I can look at the platinum and you have it broken down. You know, those little cards you have, you have the, the credit card, the first year values mm -hmm. right underneath it. And then you have all the perks on the side. Yeah. I screenshot those mm -hmm. put them on my spreadsheet. So I'm like collecting these little cards because these points valuations change all the time too. So I want to know what that bonus was and what the perks were when I signed up for that card. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause for example, the cobalt changed uh, by the time I, I uh, referred my girlfriend to it. So that thing changed for her. So I had to get, I need to get a, uh, another screenshot of that one for her and put it on because I'm tracking her stuff too, as yeah. I think is common, right? Very one, common. One partner goes deep and the other one's like, what the hell, man? Yeah. Specializing. It just makes sense. Yeah. What do you mean by that specializing? Well, you know, I think in, 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 in any partnership, like you may as well have, if, you, if you're already going deep, you may as well just do the work for both people. Oh God, you should always, yeah, pursue right. whatever the hell you're motivated about yeah. because you're just going to have unlimited boundless energy to to pursue that thing. And just on that point, that's a big way to scale your points, right? If you've got your family into it and you've got your household into it, um, obviously your your spouse or partner is the first step, but then you've got your, your parents, your in-laws, and those are also big opportunities, right? If you can get that buy-in from your family to you know help the entire household, right? Unlock elevated travel experiences. And even if, say, there's some family members who aren't as into travel, um, but they're willing to, you know, have you helped them manage their credit cards? Then that's, uh, that's I've seen, and in my own experience as well, um, that's a way to like increase the amount of points that you yourself have access to, right? Just by putting in that work and delivering that value across the household. Is that what you've personally done? Yeah, I, um, I've got about six players. So we call player player one, player two, right? That's, okay. that's you and your typically your spouse, husband, or spouse, husband, wife, partner. Um, but then, you know, you've got your entire extended family. That's everybody's got a credit file. Okay. So everybody's got access to these opportunities. 
So you've got a clan of six. Got a clan, yeah. And who's in your clan? It's basically myself, my partner, and our parents. And your parents. So the the in-laws. Oh, cool. And are they into travel? So they, I mean, they do travel once or twice a year, right? But they're not like me where it's like, go, go, go all the time. Constant. I kind of want to travel all over the, all over the map. Um, but it. they, but they know that, you know, by kind of entrusting the process, right, with me and I'm super into it, that uh, when they do want to travel, they might get the occasional business class. They'll get lounge access everywhere they go, right? They'll get, they'll save incredible amounts of money on like their regular airfare. So that's what's in it for them. And then for me, it's, you know, I'm obsessed with it anyway. I'm happy yeah. to do the work, manage the credit cards and just have access to a larger pool of, you know, credit card opportunities, um, bonuses, benefits, and so on. So you're like making the pie bigger for everyone. Exactly. Like as you help them, you're also helping yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the, I mean, the value is there for everybody to see, right? Talking about it in theory, I think where a lot of people in practice run into challenges is at the end of the day, it's still a fairly you know personal thing, personal finance. So a lot of the times, um, and especially around credit cards, like people have misconceptions. So it does take you know a bit of conversation and um, showing them the value, right? Like demonstrating mm-hmm. the easiest way is like take them on a flight. Yeah. Uh, take them on business class or first class and then they're, they're in. And then they're hooked. Mm-hmm. That's my plan with my girlfriend. Cause she's right. in, like, she's yeah. very supportive. She's very, she's excited about it. Cause she's starting to see the points rack up, but because we haven't actually booked a flight yet, it's tough for me to be like, see, <laughs> take her on a flight and she'll be all in. Yeah. So that's our plan actually. Um, so we're going to go to Italy next year in September mm-hmm. because we feel like we can beat the crowds in July and August a bit, weather's still warm and we have a wedding to go to in Thunder Bay. So I was looking at redeeming the points. So now that I've, I've been gathering Avion points, Aeroplan points, Amex points, Marriott Bonvoy points. So I'm getting all these points. I'm churning my credit cards, but now it's, it's time to start redeeming. Mm -hmm. So that's like the next step of my journey is how do I actually redeem these? Yeah. This is a very common like spot along the journey. I remember exactly where I was, where, where you are right now, where I've done all this work, right? Like racked up a whole bunch of points, but haven't actually redeemed yet. And I remember feeling like, oh, there's this whole, you know, other body of knowledge as it relates to redeeming points and like the ins and outs that go into that. And yeah, let me assure you, that is, uh, that is a big body of knowledge, right? There's a lot to understand into the nuances of when to book, when's the best time to book, what's the best like airline to choose and which among that airline, what's the best seat with the best, sorry, which, what's the best plane type with the best seat on it, right? Like that'll give you the best experience. Yeah. So you can easily see how oh, you're in the nitty gritty. I wasn't even thinking about right? the seats. As I'm you like, get into optimizing, you're like, you're like, wow, like how do I actually make the most, make the most? And that's, you know, uh, to your point earlier, um, something that is easy to like get super deep into and then kind of lose sight on oh, why, why am I actually drilling down into like all these seats? Like at the end of the day, lie flat seats really nice, right? So I'd, I'd, I'm basically saying like, it's it's easy to get lost down that rabbit hole, uh, be warned, right? But also be cautious that, yeah, it's um, at the end of the day, this is all just, you know, super, super, super valuable stuff that we have access to that we do have to have some gratitude for. Oh my God, dude, I'm, so, yeah. I mean, you've been the biggest part and I mean, you kickstarted this whole journey for me. So I'm very grateful for you and I know you, have built off, you know, the, the shoulders of giants, as they say, and all these other people that you learned from initially. Right. Mm-hmm. And a, you've got a powerful network too, of, of these travelers. Um, like what, what are some of the things you get from having this network? You mentioned earlier, 
just the advantages of having that network? Is, is it just reaching out to someone who took a, a recent trip that you saw them go on and, and asking them how they did it to, to structure your trip the same way? What's the value of, of having those people in your life? I mean, there is such a range, right? And I think there's, you know, there's everything from the super, super niche, right? So niche stuff that wouldn't necessarily make its way into, you know, a piece of content that's published online. But if you're, um, you know, uh, if you're if you're out on the road, kind of going for these experiences, then you run into things like, um, you know, you uh, here's a common example, which is, you know, you'll you'll use your points to book a flight with an airline, say Turkish Airlines or Etihad or Oman Air or Gulf Air. These are some airlines that this the the problem is they don't make it easy to select your seat online. Uh, if you've booked with points, because not a lot of people book with points, right? So they just haven't built that functionality. And then, um, but the th but the problem is when you use your points for a business class or first class flight, you're just obsessed about selecting your seat, obviously, because you want to get the best seat and the best experience, right? Um, on Turkish Airlines, you've got some flights have uh, a middle seat in business class, so you definitely don't want to end up there, right? You want the nice seat mm -hmm. that's got the window and the aisle access. So um, oftentimes it's like that level of detail, you know, for one of those airlines, it's like nobody's written content on how to select your seat after you've booked your, your flight uh, on this on this airline. But if you know in your community that someone's taken that same flight as of late and has used points to do so, then it's a very quick like WhatsApp message, right? To say mm. like, okay, help me out here. What, what was your experience? Do I have to call in or do I just, is there a live chat I can use? Mm. You know, when you get into... Um, when you when you're in, when you're optimizing your points and your your travel bookings, uh, there's a lot of there's also a lot of nuance that goes into something that seems as trivial as that. Like, do you have to call in or do you have to? Can you just do a live chat? Like, um, you might think like, what's what's wrong with calling in? Well, after you know, um, opening ten or fifteen credit cards and booking like a flight that has 16 segments, you want to call in as minimally as possible. You know, let me assure you, because it it takes a lot of time on, on the phone, right? And it's like a whole bunch more effort compared to just being able to do live chat or social media. Hmm. So take something like that where there's, you know, it, it's super valuable to be able to say like, hey, I, I remember I saw this person, you know, either posted or shared or, yeah, posted on their social media that they took this flight in the past and they did it on the same route that I'm booked on. What was their experience? Like, what, what are what's something I need to I need to know? What's like? What's the ground experience like? What was it like? You know, checking in for the flight. How how good is the lounge? Is it worth arriving early for to like fully experience, or is it just like a normal lounge, right? Hmm. Um, so I found that to be super valuable as I travel the world, um, networking wise. And then, um, you know, the the other piece of it is uh, as I do this deeper and deeper as part of my career, it's really nice to also interface with others who are doing the same because that in itself is like completely uncharted territory that there isn't really much uh, to, to go off of, right? Miles, points, content Miles points. creators exactly. traveling the world. Like we're, we're kind of all doing this brand new thing of our own and there's no playbook. There's no, there's no, there's no like, you know, You're con figuring content out being as you go. created for us, right? It's it's purely us uh, doing it by trial and error, figuring it out, um, and just giving it a go day after day. And so to have that community uh, of you know fellow creators at my at, at that I that I can access, that I can ping, that I can use as a sounding board has been super nice as well. Wow! Within the travel community, how niche is 
miles, the miles and points community within the broader traveler community? It's a great question. Um, it started off very niche, but it's getting less niche. It's, it's becoming pretty huge. Does that it's, mean all the opportunities going away too? Well, I'd say it, I, it means that things are more democratized. So it means that, you know, your, your, um, your like entry level, um, tips and knowledge and, uh, the value that can be had from getting like, let's say not even like 10 credit cards, let's say like two or three credit cards, right. And putting your spend on that. And then, you know, over time racking up an amount that, uh, let's say, you know, you can, you can get a first class flight by transferring your points from Amex to Aeroplan. Like that's kind of the basic you know, basic level of the game, right? Like that's becoming, yeah, more and more common and people are getting it that, you know, you earn points by choosing the right credit card and then there's this thing called transferring points. So not just like huh. redeeming your credit card points directly. So just booking a flight by transferring the points to Aeroplan in that example. Say Aeroplan or in the US, it's like a whole bunch of different programs, right? Canada, it's just Aeroplan, maybe British Airways, maybe Air France as well. But that idea of like, oh, I transfer the points to an airline program, I'd say that's getting, yeah, pretty, uh, like, pretty common understanding among the wider travel community. Hmm. When you say at a fraction of the cost, do you have a rough fraction number in your head? And I know it's so, you know, broad ranging, you know, what the return on the points is. Um, and especially once you've built this network and are getting all these tips and tricks, because like, how do you value that? But if you had to like guess a range of the fraction, just to give people an idea who might be hearing this for the first time and they're like, this sounds confusing as hell, which I promise I felt the same way. Even now that I have to get into actually booking my flights, that's, that's the next mountain to climb. And I'm looking at the peak like, oh man, that's pretty high up. But you know, it's one step at a time. Um, that's a great question as well. I would say at the start, you're looking at the, the lowest fractions, right? The highest value opportunities are typically at the start because you'll get your cheap credit cards, your no fee and your like $100, $150 credit cards and you'll get those points pretty easily and you'll be able to redeem them for, you know, your first class flight, which is like five to $10,000, right? So that's, that fraction's what, like 2%, 4% of the cost? Like you're literally Come on. paying two to 4% of the cost for the experience that you're getting, right? Now, I, I, don't, I don't think it would be fair to say that you are like saving that amount of money because you probably wouldn't have, like most people listening to this, probably wouldn't have splurged on that five to $10,000 plane ticket in the first place, right? With cash. So like, it's important to be precise with- Ricky, you don't know who you're talking to, man. I'm a baller. I don't know. All of you guys here are ballers, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> your life- your uh, Dude, economy all day for they me, They just buddy. hit different. No, um, <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying, right? Yes, like, I, absolutely, yes. The, but the fraction of the cost- you know, it, it, it does hold true when you think about what it would have otherwise cost you and therefore like how powerful yeah. the points that you earn are getting. Um, I'd say that as you go deeper into the game, you, you do have to start becoming more comfortable with that fraction rising a little bit up to say 10%. Because uh, you've gotten all the low hanging fruit. You've gotten the low hanging fruit. You're now going for like the, the big rewards, right? But they've got big annual fees on the premium credit yeah. cards. Um, so you do have to you know, be okay with saying, okay, I'll spend $600 on a credit card annual fee, but I'm getting something worth $6,000 right, wow. down the line. But still, that's, uh, that's a pretty incredible return even then. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm at that stage where I've just been cherry picking all the low hanging fruit. And because on your website, you have the tool where you have all the credit cards listed, and then you put in your criteria of what you're looking for, 
what's the maximum you're willing to spend on an annual fee or what's the highest first year value. And that's just what I, I go straight to the highest first year value. Yeah. And then I go through those and obviously you have to structure your portfolio a certain way. Like for example, I got the TD infinite privilege and which, and then I tried getting the TD infinite, like the lower tier card right after. And they're like, no, you have this TD already. And I got denied. So I'm like, okay, learning little tricks, you know, you have to structure the portfolio a certain way, but I basically go first year value from the highest down. And then whatever I know I can hit this minimum spend on based on my average spending or what's coming up or blah, 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 which we can talk about some ways I've leveraged that. Um, I just then pick the highest one. And then once I hit that, I just go back to the tool and then I find the next, next biggest first year value, but I can see my returns on those, you know, cherry picking those credit cards are getting lower and lower and lower, right? Unless I have some big spend, then I can go back up to a really high first year value one that I skipped over because I couldn't hit the 15 grand in three months on the business platinum, for example, but I could hit the 10 grand in three months on the platinum. So I grabbed that one, right? So that's how I've just been cherry picking them. Yep. Uh, uh, get, get Tom to let you put some business expenses on it and he'll be plowing through them easy. Yeah. 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 It's funny. Cause me, I was showing Tom, I was all excited because I just got the platinum. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, cause I figured out I can pay my rent through, um, so you can use Chexy, yeah. which I know is another sponsor. So if you pay rent, check out Chexy because yeah. they charge you a nominal fee. I, I think it's like 2% or something like that. I don't think more than 3%. 1.75. Oh, even better. Which is very reasonable. Very reasonable. And you can pay your rent that way and, uh, you know, hit these first and then leverage these credit cards to then hit the first year, the first year welcome bonuses, right? By hitting the minimum spend. But I figured out through my building, they actually have the internal property management system is set up that I can pay my rent with credit card and they charge even less. It's like 0.75 or 1% or oh, something. That's great. So I'm like all day, right? So now I'm racking up, you know, my rent's around 2,700 bucks. So I'm getting 2,700 bucks, 10 grand in three months, no problem, along with my other expenses. Um, and I get a $200 dining credit. And I got another pro tip from you, which was that it expires December 31st and then renews. And cause I just got him, like I got to squeeze in one of these restaurants. And then I found out that the only restaurants you can go to are like the best restaurants in Canada and all these fancy bougie places. So I was all excited. I'm showing Tom this restaurant in Oakville that I'm going to. It's a fancy place I would never go to. This place called Hexagon. Ah, Hexagon. Uh, Rowan actually, I think, used to work there. Oh, no way. Yeah, he was, he was the Somali or something. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, fancy you'll, guy. You'll have a good time. Cool. Yeah. So it's like this fancy French food. I, just, yeah. I would never go there, but if I can put a $200 dent in that meal, I thought, I thought you guys were all ballers all the time. <laughs> I'm a value baller. So, uh, so yeah, I'm taking my girlfriend out. I was showing Tom, I'm like, look at this credit you can get. And, uh, yeah, uh, Tom was showing me his balance on his card. I'm like, Whoa. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's pretty insane. You're racking I mean, them up. I mean, to, to generalize the point you made about the do it by December 31st, right? Anytime there's a change to a credit card in the middle of the year, oftentimes it's like, It'll apply once during that calendar year and again the next calendar year, which is what happened in this case, right? So you've actually got two of those $200 dining credits to use within this one year period that you're holding the card. And if you did decide to cancel after that, right, you're basically, uh, you know, your, your annual fee was $699 that you paid, but you got a $200 dining credit this year, $200 dining credit next year. You also got a $200 travel credit yeah. this whole membership year. So that's already $600 in value of that $6.99 that you're getting back, you've effectively paid $99 for that initial welcome bonus. Yeah, not to mention the welcome bonus, which is I don't know how much. Which was a, a huge amount, right? A lot. So that's that's an example of, you know, if you're if you're um, if you're staying up to date with things, then you get, 
you know, the, the more up to date you are with things, the more, the more, more closely you're paying attention, the more access to opportunities like that, that you've got. Yeah. And your email list is great with that. Cause you put the latest updates or whatever you highlight them. Like when the RBC Avion had that big bonus, 55,000 points, like a month ago or something, you put that right up top in your uh, newsletter, which is cool. And then you also put wherever in the world you're traveling. I'm like, I don't know how this guy does it, <laughs> but, uh, so at this travel summit, man, I'm super excited. I really am. And you get all the video recordings of all the presentations you missed. There's the different breakout rooms. So I'm going to be just cherry picking stuff. Uh, then there's the networking event at night. That's for the general mission. And then VIP has another dinner the night before, plus some more perks and stuff. Yeah. So what's, what's that dinner involved? Just drinks, networking, meeting other people. Yeah. VIP is a Friday night banquet. So we're just looking to put on something a little more uh, of a, you know, like a, like a, like a soiree type setting, like a, like a formal, um, you know, get together for a, a subsection of attendees. Um, and the idea there is, uh, you know, a little bit of an elevated experience. So it's taking place at the St. Regis compared to rest of the weekend. It's, you know, MTCC, the convention center and, uh, and the Westin hotel. So a little bit more of a luxury space, um, looking to serve up some food and drinks, and then also looking to, um, bring in a fair few industry folks. So we've got our VIP attendees, but then all of our sponsors, speakers, um, and the industry guests that we've got invited who are representing um, Air Canada, Air France, built rewards in the US, as well as probably one or two more that we're um, looking to finalize in the coming weeks. Yeah, there's some big players there. Exactly, we're looking to get everybody in the same room and you know let the conversations flow. And the the whole idea is, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're really into, unlocking the best travel experiences and maximizing your points, then the travel summit event as a whole on this weekend is for you. But if you're, you know, one of the super fans, right? If you're, you're looking to basically accelerate to the, the top of the learning curve as quickly as possible, right? If you're coming at this from the outside and like, I just want, you know, the best access yeah, and the you're best all knowledge. In. And I just want to like get to the final outcome um, as quickly as possible. Right and and meet like the the top names in the space as quickly as possible and have that FaceTime have that opportunity to make an impression, then the VIP Friday nights for you and then throughout the weekend as a VIP attendee you've also got, you know a slightly elevated experience as well you've got um, uh, enhanced lunch you've got a VIP lounge at the event at the uh, MTCC as well, so a couple more things thrown in, and I think what we've priced it at what nine ninety five and I think two fifty of that we're giving actually back to the VIP attendee in the form of a hotel credit that you can book through our luxury travel agency. Oh, well, wow. yeah, that, re that really makes a dent. And then I think general admissions about 399 right now, 399, 50 yeah. bucks off your life, your terms, 50 bucks off either general admission or VIP. So yeah, have at it. So who can you, ex who can me, who can, who can we expect to see at this event? Like what are the attendees all about? There's obviously all the speakers, uh, your own team, which is your team's actually seems like, a, it seems like a really cool organization because everybody's into the points hacking stuff. Like, cause I'm reading through the blog posts and it's not just you. It's actually almost rarely you, you know, the older ones have been you heavily, but I noticed a lot of the newer ones uh, are people on your team who are also gonna be at the event and speaking. So it's cool. Um, but who else, like, who are the types of attendees? Who are, what's the demographic of the people that came last year? Like, where are they from? What do they do? Are they entrepreneurs? Are they digital nomads? Are they just travelers? Are they just regular folk like me that are looking to travel more? Yeah, I think you've touched upon much of the range of people. I'd say last year we had um, a large concentration of like locals. So Toronto, 
Torontonians, Ontarians. And this year, it'll probably be broader than that. So, you know, a, a definitely a very strong concentration of locals, but also a lot of people flying in from the rest of the country, from the U.S. Everybody, you know, sharing that same passion for, um, I mean, at its core, right? Leveraging, you know, the tools that we have, the credit card, the opportunities to travel more. But, in you know, to broaden from that a little bit, it's leveraging anything that we kind of have any opportunity that we have access to to elevate one's you know one's life one's uh access to uh opportunities to pursue um uh you know overall kind of following this theme of you know i think it's very is the reason why i keep coming back to this podcast is living life on one's own terms right yeah. and travel being a huge part of that whenever you ask somebody what does that look like whenever you ask somebody the question what would it look like to live life on your own terms or you know a proxy of that is what would you do if money were no object right mm. i mean travel is o- almost always the answer always and so there there is a pathway to to unlocking that like without well, while still you know ha- like having to um while still being constrained within like the bounds of today's reality which is you know unlocking your credit cards and learning how to really dive deep and so it's that it's really that undercurrent that brings most you know attendees to the travel summit it's like yes you know i i can i can um i can use my credit cards to to fly around the world but i could also learn that from like you know absorbing content online or like there's all there's also other events right there's like just to, to be very very transparent but what we're looking to build is that community of people who share that like-minded pursuit of um, not just elevating one's travel experiences, but elevating like everything that I'm doing in life with travel as a key component of that, as a central component, and just being excited to like not just absorb the subject material, but to embed oneself in a community that's all about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just starts rubbing off on you. Your own travels. Like, how many places have you been this year? Man, 2023 has been a busy year almost a little bit too busy. But um, yeah, if I, I think, you know, we first spoke in January and that was the day before I headed off on the first of probably like four or five round the world trips this year. Oh that that trip was, um, was, was we're just making some content, reviewing some airlines, right? We went to uh, Middle East and then Southeast Asia. And then February did Bora Bora, uh, New Zealand, Australia, and then skiing in Japan with some friends. And that was five weeks on the road, which is, like way too long. I was very fatigued by the end of that. Hmm. Um, what else? Yeah, uh, I, th- I think there was probably a, there was probably a, uh, I think April I was staying put. Uh, May I did a birthday trip in, in London. And then June I was on a surprise round the world bachelor party. So this is where like my whole like summer wedding thing kicks off because my, my team basically surprised me with a like round the world trip for the bachelor party. And they did like um, we did the Q suites. We did the four of us in the middle. I saw that. The yeah. business class. And then we did um, the bar hopping on the A380s. So there's two <laughs> airlines in the world that have bars on their A380s. There's Qatar Airways and there's Emirates. And we went on both. We did Doha to Bangkok on Qatar and then Bangkok to Hong Kong on Emirates. And we just, you know, cleared the bar and and basically um, we, we did the whole bachelor party. off the flight. Right? But we're, we're, we're 35,000 feet in the sky. So that That's was definitely cool, very unique um, and being surprised by my team was also a super unique experience, right? First of all, I've never had anybody book travel on points for me, right? Because that's a very specialized skill and you kind of need to 
know a lot that's going into it. So going into the itinerary, having no idea what we're doing. Yeah. That was just completely wild. Wow. Um, and also, you know, it's, it's one of those outcomes that back when I started the company, I could never imagine that my team would actually yeah. go ahead and do such a special experience, like plan it and it took them months to like figure out, right. Cause they had to like, like figure out how to book the flights, all the, all the thinking and strategizing that goes into that, putting together the perfect itinerary that, you know, gets us to Bangkok, gets us to our bachelor party destination in Thailand, uh, but also gets us home within like this one week period that doesn't keep me away from home for too long. Wow. So that was wild. Um, and then I did, um, I did, I was staying put in the summertime for, for my wedding. But after that, it was our honeymoon. We went to Kenya and Tanzania for safari. Uh, and then I took my dad on a 60th birthday trip recently. So he was, you know, he's obviously been there since day one. And I got to treat him to that shower in the sky experience. <laughs> he showered in the sky for the first time in his life on his 60th birthday. I think he's pretty happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, just to some, cross it off the list. Eh? Yeah, I think that's uh, gotten me some uh, some good sun points. It is so weird when you think about it, showering 35,000 feet up. It's totally wild. And he didn't know it was happening until I told him, like, guess what? We, we had just like polished off a bottle of champagne, had a <clears throat> father and son meal together. And I was like, guess what? You're going to shower in this. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. And then lastly, November, um, I took my wife um, to Easter Island and then trekking in Patagonia in Chile. Wow. You must be just shocked at the life you're living. It's a dream life. I, I, I can imagine that you must just look around and be like, how the hell did I get here? It's a dream job. It's a dream, you know, it's a, it's a complete dream, but it, but it was my dream, right? And that's, I think, important to mention as well. It's, it's something I've kind of always wanted since I, you know, started to think about, like, more consciously about, like, what path do I want to pursue? When did you start thinking about that? How old were you? I say, like, consciously, consciously, probably around 2012, 2013, when I was just first year university. Okay. Before so that, I mean... About 20, 19, 20? yeah. Yeah, and and you're that. like, what do I want with my life after university? What, what do I actually want? Not just like, here's like the paths that, I, that have been kind of presented to me, uh, presented as options, right? Which was because, what for you at the time? I mean, growing up in a Chinese family, it's like uh, uh, engineering or... Um, and my dad was a lawyer, so he he's always been and continues to be huge on like pushing me in that direction. Still? Still. <laughs> That's so crazy. Still. No, oh I, I, I have this company of seven years and we have a team of 25 and he'll... Dad, he'll, you just took a shower. It's 35,000 feet up, man. Yeah, exactly. I think you can give up on the lawyer dream. <laughs> he, I, I take him on all these trips and then he gets on a FaceTime with me because um, they live in, in Beijing, my parents. Yeah. Uh, they'll get on a FaceTime and then half the conversation will be, so, um, you know, you should consider going to law school. <laughs> The oh god dad's dads of the world right they don't, it's, they, well it's just such a different culture yeah it's such a different culture i can't imagine like uh so that's what he's known so that was what you felt pressured to do and that's what i was kind of being shepherded towards mm. right and even even absent the shepherding those were the kind of options that were presented mm. to me um but it was i, I remember it was like just me I, yeah at age 19 wandering through an airport and then being struck with this realization that, oh, like, this is something that I really, really enjoy. Like, this feeling of, you know, yeah. being on the move and being able to see new places. And um, it'd be really cool to, like, do more of that or find out, like, how I could possibly do more of that. Yeah. Right. And and that was the first time that I 
that I actually kind of came to that realization. Because before I was, I was traveling. You know, I was very fortunate to travel with my family as a young kid. But, but I was a bit of a passenger. Um, you know, being there, yes, absorbing those experiences, but not really thinking about like what they were doing for me, or you know that that they were in fact you know so transformative, so something I hold so dear. So it was after that point that I had this feeling of okay, I'm probably still on this default path of like doing. It's one of these three possible career options, but my dream is actually to. Well, before I even thought about like being a travel blogger or doing travel content, it was basically to you know to not to not kind of be shepherded towards a default path, but rather live life on my own terms.、Mm-hmm. And so, over the course of you know four or five years, that was fleshed out more into. By the time it was it was 2016, I graduated. I was you know pursuing that. I was on that default path, working on Bay Street、um, for a major bank.、Um, but in 2016, I, I wanted to start a website, but I couldn't come up with a domain name that was available. Right, I was just thinking of various options. So it wasn't until 2017 that I stumbled on. I thought, oh, Prince of Travel. Okay, let's give that a go. Yeah, and the rest is history. So when you're like 45, are you going to change it to the King of Travel? Can you crown yourself at that point? People, people keep asking me that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. I think it's yeah. I think you got to stick with it. You know, it's it's yeah. It's stuck now. It's stuck now. What does travel give you? You mentioned that the transformation that can take place. So, how have you transformed, and why do you continue doing it? What what do you really get out of it? There is there is just that unique. Hit of dopamine, right? Every time you kind of see a see a new place, but not just that new place, but rather you know see and absorb and immerse yourself in、um, a new way of life, a new culture, a new、uh, set of stories told through thousands of years, a new、um, I'd say end of the day, what to me it is a, a new perspective, and what that new perspective does for me is you know adds to like my ability to. Look at anything, like anything that's happening in my life or anything happening in the world,、uh, with you know the ability to like say this is my default perspective from my you know point of view, my experiences, the life I've lived. But what would you know somebody else think of this thing, or how might somebody else view this thing? What 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 other perspectives exist out there? And the ability to like very naturally ask that question and. You know, think through all of the implications.、Um, oftentimes, opposing perspectives, right? When you get to, when you get to, to anything,、mm. um, and I think that's something that I've just found has served me really well.、Um, as I like, even even taking this very path of going from you know somebody who has a dream doesn't really know what to do with it, you know, and is being shepherded towards these various defaults. Uh, that I actually didn't really enjoy and resented a little bit. To being able to figure out my way through that, right? Thinking through something like、um, the decision to leave my corporate job and start Prince of Travel, right? Where the 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 at the time, especially,、um, you know, my, the external messaging I was facing was like that'd be a crazy thing to do. Because、um, did you tell your dad when you did it? I did. I told my. I, I mean, I told my my now wife. I told my dad and my my mom and you know my family and those close to me and almost basically nobody said that that it would be the right idea. Everybody was like, "You should probably stay at the bank for a few more years."、Um, 
But you know, for me, it's like, okay, that's their perspective. My perspective is obviously one of uh, bullishness and belief in my own own abilities. You know, what what are the what are the external um, factors here, right? What what are what are the things I'm not considering? And you know, I kind of took took a few of those, right? I I, I thought about the fact that you know this was 2017, right? So this idea of content isn't as huge as, as it is now, but I mean, I kind of saw like that that's the direction that things are going because. I think it basically boiled down to like my daily commutes on the TTC, everybody was on their phones, everybody already back then, right? And now it's it's even it's even more the case. But even back then I was like, okay, everybody's on their phones. So online content is gonna be huge, right? It's gonna be the primary way that we, like that, that messaging is conveyed. Hmm. So, um, you know, I was like, okay, that, that was a big signal for me to say like, okay, I mean, Yes, you know, this might not work out, but it's worth giving it a go because at this point in time, it's, you know, the, the signs are there and, you know, it's it's not like I'm starting a newspaper or something, right? No, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning into this this tidal wave that's coming. So, yeah, I think to me, it's like it's it adds to my ability to... Starting a newspaper. Right? <laughs> it, it, that'd be a completely... That was a good move on your part there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I've, I've, yeah, I, I, I would say that, you know, it adds to my ability to, to just, you know, poor newspaper industry. I hear that everything. reference all the time. <laughs> just that's the one dying. Industry. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Huh? Yeah. You must have just such a crazy global perspective now, right? Yeah. That very few people in their lifetime can gain, let alone somebody your age. It's something that I don't, I mean, I don't think I appreciate enough. I think I, you know, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's very, um, I'm very blessed to be able to, to develop that perspective and to have been on all the adventures I've been on over the course of this year. And, um, you know, I think I've got some work to do to figure out like exactly how to make the most of that because so far, um, you know, I'm very happy obviously to, to share the Valley with people on, you know, our subject matter and help people unlock more of these experiences of their own. But, I think I could be doing like a hundred times better job. So, yeah, well, that's the right attitude. Yeah. There's always so much more to improve on. And I'm sure Prince of Travel has gone to the point where like you, like you said, your team taking you out on this thing or this event you're going to be hosting. I'm sure you couldn't have even imagined the path that it would take you on at the time. Right. Cause you can only see the next step ahead of you. Yeah. No way I could have imagined. Like, yeah. I mean, so your advice to people, it just seems like you were very intuitive and you knew yourself really well. You took time to kind of listen to to yourself and when an experience kind of gripped you, like when you were walking through that airport and you felt alive, you felt turned on by it, like, you know, <laughs> you felt engaged with the experience, right? Yeah. And, and then you also noticed that everyone was on their phones. So it seems like you're just paying attention to the world around you and yourself to identify these opportunities. So what trends are you looking at right now? that you think are going to continue that you would like to leverage. Yeah, it's an interesting time, isn't it? It's I think crazy. um I think I mean, I think actually the the path that I've taken over the past 6 years is now way way easier to take as mm -hmm. to 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 the well, Isn't it crazy that when you said 2017 content wasn't a thing, I'm like really? Like it was only six years ago, but you're right. Like it's, it comes, it's come so far, so fast. It's come so far. It was a thing, but it was, I'd say in the early stages, the very early stages, I'd say even now, it's still so early, very early stages. Right. Um, but, but compared to six years ago, it's, it's a lot more accessible. There's a lot more examples of it being done successfully. 
even with with you guys building community out of you know real estate but also adding content on top of it right i think for for anyone doing anything uh content will only supercharge it right because it's just a way to reach you know we get technology times million times the people than yeah. if you didn't do it so technological leverage yeah exactly and i i don't think there's going to be a lot of companies that really grow in the coming you know forever right i was going to say coming five ten years but really it's like from this point onwards i don't think there's a lot of new success stories that's going to take place that don't leverage that power because oh, yeah. you know because of how um how strong it is so you know right now it's it's like yeah i, I do really see us moving towards a world where um basically anybody working on anything right big companies big or small uh, and when 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 i say small it's like all the way down to the individual creator right what we're doing now having these conversations um you know sitting down in front in front of a camera and sharing content with the world that's just going to be the new form of predominant self-expression and self-expression is something that humans have always been all about so I, like i don't actually see that changing in any way it's just this is the new medium that allows you to reach millions instead of just your local community hmm. right so so i'd invite really anybody who's like on the fence it's like you know seeing you know maybe people you follow online and uh if you have any if you have admiration for like you know what they've done and um yeah it's 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 time what if, to, what if somebody's nervous to, to put themselves out there to record their voice to record the video to write the blog post to post on their social media to their whole network hey look at me this is what i'm doing what would your advice be to those people and what were some of the roadblocks you had to overcome with that did you ever at all feel self-conscious about putting yourself out absolutely. there? Absolutely, absolutely. And to some extent, I still do, right? There's still platforms that that we're, we've yet to be on and there's still like, you know, messaging that we've yet to put out there and, you know, self-consciousness and the, um, the basically wondering, you know, okay, well, how, how will I be viewed, right? The fear of judgment the fear, from others. Fear of judgment. I mean, that, I think that's a very normal phenomenon for anybody starting out and anybody who has started out and gone on to, do something, you know, at a very high level, that's something that they've had to overcome in the first place. Um, at this stage, right, it's, like I said, it's it's becoming more and more of the default, actually. Like, I don't even think we're speaking here um, and, and sharing anything particularly radical and saying that, like, you know, you kind of have to do content if you want to compete in, you know, any sort of achievement Yeah. in anything, right? I don't even think that's particularly radical. I think it's basically... Um, the new norm, the new normal, right? So I think, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot more good examples and role models that have, you know, successfully overcome that initial barrier and gone on to make something huge. And if there's any part of you that wants to, you know, follow suit and also make something, you know, very significant, um, you know, that's, there, there's kind of a lot of, a lot of people you can look at and, and say, okay, they've, they will. They would have faced the same anxieties that I currently face, but they had, you know, taken that step, and here's the the results. So if you know that that's that's the part of you that I encourage you to lean into, right? Belief the belief in in one's own abilities, and also the the the. the I mean, the line of thinking is, you know, all these people have been able to do it. Mm. If there's a part of me that wants to give it a go. It's yeah. You know, it's doing yourself a disservice if you don't. Do you ever think to yourself like, well, I'm human and they're human, so if he can do it, why can't I do it? Absolutely. I always think that. Yeah. I'm just like, oh man. Anything. Yeah. And the more and the more you, you once you get start once you get over that initial hump of taking action, right, and see like a, f a few 
um, a few instances, a few of those cycles of taking action, getting a few wins under your belt, seeing the results of your work, um, you know, at the start, even if it's you just just views from your friends and family, right? Just your engagement from those close to you. I mean, that was the case for everybody. So um, once you get a few of those those wins under your belt and get the momentum going, it really builds. Yeah, I mean, you've built up you know quite a large following, but we could be talking ten years from now, and we'll be looking back at now like, dude, remember back then? Like, yeah, right. Absolutely. It's just that's the stage you're at now, and there's nothing to do but improve from the stage you're at. What do you think of? How do you view Canada? Now having this global perspective, being outside of the country for so long, and then looking back into the country, and then coming back here, and absorbing all these cultures around the world, and then reimmersing yourself back here, you know, and also identifying all the thinking patterns and cultural things that you thought was like who you were, but maybe you realize that's how everyone around you thinks, so you just got absorbed into that. How do you think about Canada when you come back and when you're here and when you're abroad? Yeah, that's a good question. I probably come at this too from a fairly unique perspective because even though I'm Canadian, I only moved here at age 18. Okay. And I don't know if I we spoke about, about this, but yeah, I, we did. I, I Weren't you up, born here? I was born in Vancouver and then I yeah. grew up in Asia. Got the citizenship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> got, the, got the passport. Didn't you fly here just, to, the, just to be born here or something? I, uh, I don't know if that was the plan. <laughs> Actually, no, my, my dad was going to UBC Law School. Oh, okay. And then it just kind of worked out basically. And then got he it. got a job offering in Hong Kong and then we moved. Okay. So, um, or maybe, maybe that was a plan. I might be mixing you up with somebody else. I maybe. think had a similar story. Cause I feel like that's a pretty common. And I'm like, okay, if you're eight months pregnant and you know, you're flying to another country, I'm putting two and two I mean, together. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Canada's one of those few countries, right? Where you, yeah, you're for sure. on the soil, then you get the passports. So yeah. I'm yeah, sure yeah. that's pretty common. I'm place. sure it's leveraged. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I grew up in, in Hong Kong, Beijing, and then I moved to Toronto at age 18 to go to university. And my first impressions were, you know, growing up in Asia, the the um, the scale of even just the cities is completely different, right? Oh man. So um, I was a little bit like underwhelmed when I first arrived in Toronto. <laughs> like I, I, didn't, I didn't have the context of like, you know, what makes Toronto so great? Yeah. You know, all the multiculturalism. I'm still trying to figure it I out. Came, I came over from, you know, just a big city, like all action going all the time, high energy levels. Um, and first two years of university, I, I, I wasn't really feeling myself. I was actually, you know, I, um, I, w- I ended up going to London for study abroad in my junior year. Mm. And I was like very motivated to do that. I was very motivated to like experience something else. I didn't feel like Canada was like the right place for me. I was also 1920, like just trying to figure everything out. Yeah. It's a wild phase yeah. of your life. I mean, that time it was, it was quite tough because, you know, cold, dreary winters, um, you know, U of T like, okay, like doing the academics, you know, especially fine. there where you're kind of a bit of a number it's, I don't know. U of T has a bit of, yeah, I've come to, I've come to appreciate that. Okay. That's a bit of the U of T experience. Right? Yeah. Just yeah. That's what I've a heard. Bit like a, a bit like a number, especially an undergraduate. Um, and then, yeah, so I was keen to like, almost like get out of there, um, during the first two years, but, um, I ended up meeting my now wife towards the tail end of my second year of university. Awesome. And we, uh, you know, we, we, we started off long distance when I was in London and then we kind of met up a few times. And then like, if it weren't for that, I probably would have just stayed in Europe or pursued something else, I feel. But because of that, I ended up coming back for fourth year university, you know, finishing everything off. And then, you know, the natural thing was like, okay, I guess, you know, look for a job, go networking on Bay Street, figure out what's next. And then I, um, kind of like found my way into a, into a job because 
this is actually a funny story. Um, I ended up doing a summer internship after my fourth year, even though summer internships are for people who are going back to university. Um, that's how it works at the banks, right? But I basically said like, I can go back to university if, if, if I have to, mm-hmm. right? Just to be eligible for this internship because it was a way to get my foot in the door, mm-hmm. right? And then after impressing there, they ended up replacing um, another team member with me full-time because I was available, even though I was just a summer intern. But, you know, that's kind of how, how the chips fell. Um, and, then, and then it was during that period, you know, and, and I know I moved away from Bay Street, <clears throat> but I would actually, you know, say it was a very valuable experience. You know, it taught me, like, what it's like to just... Uh, go to work every day, right? Put myself into, like, put my energy into what I'm working on and build that routine. Well, it makes of, you more relatable too because you, somebody like myself could look at your lifestyle now and be like, what the heck? Like, it's so different. It's very different now. Right? But to right. know that you started from that place and felt that that wasn't for you is, I think, a big asset. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but, um, but that's when I also just, you know, more fully immersed myself in like, okay, what is what is Toronto all about? Um, what is, you know, what makes Toronto special? Uh, I got to, you know, go, go see different parts of the city, appreciate kind of the, you know, the many parts that make it the whole, um, you know, living that daily kind of commuter lifestyle from, uh, more uptown down to Bay street and kind of being part of that throng of people walking through the path in the mornings. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, Toronto is a big piece, but then, you know, 2019, uh, Jesse, my wife, uh, went to McGill for her master's. And so I had a year in Montreal as well, really got a sense of like what makes that place special. And yeah. Montreal is a very special place to me. Um, lots of nostalgia for that period when we're fairly carefree, right? Enjoying a, you know, like a city known for its cheap thrills. Yeah. Um, yeah. And had a great time. And uh, to, 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 like, to be honest, we um, we kind of feel like we still you know, missed out a little bit on the full Montreal experience because that's when uh, COVID struck Okay. in the spring, right? And, you know, you may know, like, Montreal is, like, all about the summertime. So we kind of didn't have that experience. And so to me, there's always uh, a fun element going back to that city and, you know, re-experiencing it because there's so much... So much culture there. So much there. culture. So yeah, much my brother lives enjoy. out there, visited him back in June. And, uh, God, it's, it's just so different there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have the way they think, the way they dress, yeah. the way they act, the lifestyle. It's much more European. Yeah, the pace is, you know, quite different to what we have. Yeah, more focused on enjoyment than than the business rat yeah. racy feel of Toronto. Yeah. And then um now I'm in Vancouver. So twenty twenty one we moved back to Toronto, but weren't quite feeling it because, you know, that was like peak lockdown, right? Yeah. That was like the worst time to be in the city. Mm-hmm. And so we're we 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 saw like some of our friends moving out west and I think there has been a wave of like Toronto, Toronto people going out to West Any, Coast, Vancouver anywhere, yeah. as of the past couple of years. And we were part of that wave. So we headed out um, and Vancouver is great. I mean, it's, it's smaller. So the pace is like, likewise, you know, not quite the Bay Street energy. Yeah. Right. I'm these days, I'm almost a little bit like uh, it takes taken aback when I'm part of that base Bay Street throng of crowd. Okay, you're like, God, how did I get back in the throng? I know, like there's so many people here. Get me the hell out of this thing. <laughs> but um but Vancouver's also got a nice uh enclave of creators and entrepreneurs, which I really enjoy. Yeah, it's a cool well, city. It's, very expensive city, but it does seem very cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a great place to live. Um but how do you think of Canada cool. overall now? It's the way we think, what it's all about. You obviously keep coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean So there's something something that's keeping you coming back. I, it's here. it's comfortable. 
you know? Yeah. It's comfortable. And I, I honestly don't know if that's a good thing. Mm. Like personally, I think there's, uh, there's probably more phases to my life that in the future that will take place um, elsewhere. And I, th- I think going back to Asia will be a big piece of it at some point. Hmm. Um, probably, you know, a little bit more distant of a future because to me it's like that Asia chapter is one where I'd like, you know, when we have kids for them to also experience that and to experience what I did, right, when I was growing up um, to some extent. Well, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. is now that you're married, yeah. you know, if you're planning on starting a family, how you plan on doing that with your current lifestyle and if you would continue that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to, uh, I'll, I'll wrap up the yeah, please, question yeah, please and I'll do, segue yeah. there, right? Um, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I think Canada is quite comfortable and that I'm fine with that for the current period. Like I, I, I enjoy that. There's a lot of chaos on my trips, like when I'm all over the place and there's a lot of stuff I'm di- digesting and thinking about. And it's nice to come back to a home base that is in Vancouver. We live like outside of downtown in a fairly fairly quiet, um, semi-residential, semi-commercial neighborhood, but it's like very quick access to downtown. So it's convenient as well. And it's just nice to, to have that comfortable home base. Yeah. Right. And that's something I've more grown to appreciate towards my late twenties. Whereas my early twenties, I was just like all action, all of the place all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted. But now it's, it's nice to be able to recharge, to be able to focus, get in the zone, right. With the business and work on things. Um, because that's, well, that's another thing is like you're running a business when you're on the road, which yes. is crazy, dude. So, okay, Get, finish. And then I, I want to ask you about that. Maybe we can wrap because I know you got to go. So then going into the, like, what's next question. I mean, 2023 was a particularly busy year and the, I'm, I'm looking back. I'm, I feel like the quantity of trips was a little too much for like, you're, like you said, I'm running a business and I probably wasn't uh, performing at my peak. Of course not. Yeah. Uh, during some of those trips. In fact, I would, I would actually, I'd be able to point to certain decisions that were made, certain, uh, you know, missteps that were made in the business that I could probably attribute to like just me being fatigued and not giving things the due attention. Yeah. Right. So going into next year, I'm, I'm very, I'm looking to basically make a change there, which is, I mean, we're a travel company and travel content, there's no getting away from it, but there's probably a better way to plan and structure my time at home versus away to like, you know, have more, have longer periods of time blocked off at home where I can just like focus on doing what I need to do and having like, yeah, like more jam packed or, or just a a better planned series of trips away from home where I am both, you know, hitting up the personal destinations I'd like to visit, um, taking the wife on, you know, places that she'd like to go, but also, you know, completing our business objectives of making travel content and meeting the right people and whatnot and attending events and so on and so forth. So I just like to be a little bit more intentional about the time that is, you know, not spent at home and, you know, necessarily comes at a cost of, uh, of, of focus and attention rather than before where I was like, okay, let's jet off this Friday and then I'll be home. And then, okay, let's go, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Going to, um, I mean, we're, all, we're getting to that. I think it's getting to the right time of when I have kids in the next couple of years. Um, yeah. My wife doesn't want me to pressure her too much, but you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I think it's going to be a whole new challenge, a whole new dimension of growth yeah. that I've yet to, yet to experience. And along this current dimension of travel and, you know, doing content and sh- spreading the message, I, you know, there's obviously a long road to go 
right? There's so much more to learn, so many more levels um, to level up along. But I, you know, I, I kind of see what that is going to look like. I kind of understand what that's going to look like for me, and can wrap my mind around it. Being a parent, completely different. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. But so excited. Yeah. And then the lifestyle that you want for your children, you want them to be avid travelers, to see the world with you guys. That's obviously probably going to change how you play the points game a little bit, I'm guessing. Yeah, you're going to need a lot more points. Just more points, right? Uh, uh, more I mean, seats, three more to four, points. Three to four seats for a... Fa- uh, yeah. That's just however many passengers you have. Um, we're probably going to do our fair share of economy class flights because when you're, you know, when you have a kid, you have three across in economy, that's sometimes easier to manage than if you're all in your own individual pods. Oh right? God. Yeah. Like we'll probably also do our fair share of pods as a family or first class or whatnot. But for those more practical flights that we just need to get somewhere and let's say it's not like 16 hours to Australia. Yeah. You know, if it's like eight hours to Europe, I, I could see myself doing premium economy or economy. Just I think if I saw a three-year-old in a pod, I would get very upset. <laughs> get the hell back. That's, here, that's, that's always a controversial <laughs> take, you know, in our space. Like either you, you, you either you do fly with your kids in business or you definitely don't fly in kids. Like you either oh, have one well, position or the other. Yeah. 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 Well, you also don't want to spoil the kids too much too, right? That's also true. There's so much value to, starting from the bottom mm-hmm. like just in your life uh, that's a whole different topic that's, that's right? also true yeah so i think it'll be a mix of you know um the occasional business class seat um economy class seats the, like once they're old enough they can sit in economy yeah <laughs> that's, that's um I've, I've heard many parents who basically prefer that at what age can you get a credit card in canada 18 18 mm-hmm. so you already know they're going to be players number seven and eight and yeah when the time nine and however many you in, have. In, in the u.s actually if you know any listeners are into the u.s credit cards you can add your kid as an authorized user on your card and that helps them build their credit history before they turn 18 so that when they're 18 they can already get like the best cards oh cool but that doesn't work yeah and i know the u.s i won't even bother asking you about it but i know that's the next one of the higher that's, levels that's the next level that's the next level yeah, you gotta you gotta get on a first class flight first and then, and then the U.S. And then you do the U.S. cards to get even more. Because I think you need an EIN number, which is a personal tax number. It's an ITIN. Sorry, ITIN. ITIN yeah. I think EIN is the business one. Though. EIN's Because we're looking at, yeah, Florida rental properties. You need mm-hmm. an EIN for that one. So it's an ITIN number. And then you can start getting, building up your credit profile and getting credit yep. card points down there, which you can still leverage for points, I getting guess. Getting all the best cards. And those best cards are way better than our cards because uh. they've got... You know, generally there's more competition, more offerings, right? Lower fees, yeah. wider range of points to transfer to, bigger welcome bonuses, better perks. Hmm. It's uh that's where the majority of the game is played, like once you kind of get all the Canadian cards and get what we have here. Yeah. I think you said ten forty, you gotta go, right? Ten forty, yeah. Ten forty. Yeah. So why don't we just wrap with um give me like what is on the micro level, what does a week in Ricky's life look like? And then what is six, I mean, six, I guess six months, you're all over the place. Don't even tell me about the six months. Uh, like, how are you balancing it? Whether you're on the road, give me when you're on the road, mm-hmm. because you are so often, how are you balancing the business and life? Because so many people are like, wow, this is a cool lifestyle. I'd love to have that for myself. Obviously a lot of work to get the business in place and stuff, but how are you balancing it all? So this goes back to like, you know, the whole, um, being on the road so much isn't as sustainable because basically what it looks like is I don't get a lot of sleep at all, right? So I basically 
go to sleep at you know 12 if i'm lucky and wake up at six if i'm lucky because depending on the time zones there's usually like calls that i have to be on mm. or i just want to like squeeze in as much during my day if i'm in a foreign destination right because so you got to get the work done so you can then focus exactly and enjoy so yourself can, like, enjoy the city and enjoy the place yeah um so usually i'm up early you know tending to any work that needs to be done and then like hotel breakfast um bring my laptop but also bring my camera because we take photos of the hotels and do the reviews yeah, so we yeah. kind of like document the whole thing and then usually the mornings and the afternoons like there's basically three blocks of time right mornings afternoons evenings and depending on what's going on um we'll probably allocate like one to two of those blocks to sightsee or experience the city and usually when i go to a new place um i'll like i'll do the sightseeing for like the things that really interest me mm -hmm. but if it's just like going up to the top of a building or something often i'll skip it and i'll prefer to like um you know go to a cafe throughout yeah. the day pop into two or three cafes in two or three different neighborhoods and the benefit from that is you know you get to basically absorb the local pace of life listen like eavesdrop on the conversations maybe strike a conversation with you know a local or two um but also you know work from phone that's also huge right when, yeah. when, these days i'm i'm you know with the team having built up a lot this past year there's generally less that i have to like actually do myself um, like say like edit you've, a blog, you've put the people in the system video. Exactly. That's what I've been working on so that people, you know, our team can keep things on track. And then usually I just have like, you know, questions to answer or a decision to make or something to give my input on. Um, and those can just be done from my phone. Right. And then I just kind of keep a healthy pace of that going throughout the day. Usually at nighttime, you know, if there's any calls, any things to catch up on, I'll do it. And then, uh, and then back to sleep. So then, hmm. you know, I've, this year I've been trying to practice like being as efficient as possible with that so that I can actually complete what I need to complete during the day, uh, during as few days as possible, and then like wrap up the trip when there's not much more to do. In the past, I would be happy to just meander, you know, meander through cities, meander through different countries and just bum around basically. Um, yeah. And just experience that, right? And just experience being in a new, new place. And I'd take a lot of enjoyment from that. This is my early to mid twenties, but now, you know, time spent away from home comes at a cost. Mm. And that's only going to be more true as we, you know, as, as the family grows, right? Yeah. And you have a family to support. So I want to, I want to also start training my mind, right. To like get used to that new future reality. Um, yeah. and that means like, okay, if I'm done what I need to do, I got my content, I got my meetings, I got my new experiences, new perspectives at this place, then I'll go home. And then I'll go to a new place on the next trip. Hmm. Yeah. Fascinating, man. Fascinating lifestyle. We'll wrap here. Um, we'll wrap here. We'll dig into it more next time. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for coming in as always. It's always, always, always a pleasure. Uh, you're all over the world. So it's, I feel really lucky to be able to sit across from you and, and have you in here, man. Really looking forward to the travel summit. We're going to have a booth set up. Me, um, I think Keith and Aiden on our team are going to be there. Uh, we're going to set up a content station. I don't even know if you know all this. We're mm. setting up a content station for all the content creators to film stuff there, to do little mini podcasts. We're going to be doing podcasts. And the one thing I wanted to mention to you is um, I really love this travel stuff because it's it's forcing me, now that I've accumulated all these points, it's going to force me to use them. Like it's forcing me to now actually go out and live my dream because I do get caught up in the work and the go, go, go and you know, just living for tomorrow instead of today. And so I really like that. Man. It, it is something that because it's a dream, it can be like, oh, something I'll do in the future. You keep putting right? it off. You gotta, you gotta make it a reality. So that's really great to hear. And Anthony, I want to say thank you for 
um, for you know having a, a space that is so in line with kind of what I, I feel is so important, right? Your yeah. life, your terms. The re- that's the reason I keep coming back to the show. When I think about that name, it's like, yeah, obviously there's going to be stuff to talk about. It's going to be a yeah, fun conversation. Yeah. So thank you to you and Tom and looking forward to next time. Awesome, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. So a big thank you to Ricky Zhang, as always, for coming in. He doesn't need to do these podcasts. He lives in Vancouver. He's constantly traveling the world. So to have him here come into Oakville three times now this past year has just been a blessing. And uh, we're very grateful that he keeps coming in to share his insights. It's a really cool uh, new aspect, I would say, of personal finance and travel and living life on your own terms that... You know, he's really introduced me to since meeting him, since stumbling across his blog and reading about it and now putting into practice a lot of the teachings and steps that I've learned from his website. So it's really cool. I'm making a lot of progress myself personally on racking up these points. Like I said, the next step is to learn how to actually redeem them for their best value. So I can also travel at a fraction of the cost, uh, like his community seems to be able to do so. And, uh, Ricky. So it's really cool. Thank you, Ricky. Uh, you can go to the travel to check out Ricky's event happening April 27th and 28th. 2024 at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. Use promo code Your Life Your Terms on the TravelSummit.com to get 50 bucks off the event ticket. I know a few members have already purchased tickets, or a few Rockstar audience members have. Um, I'm going to be there. Some members of the team are going to be there, so we're really looking forward to that. Can't wait for it. And uh, if you're looking to access the Rockstar community and get more access to real real estate investors buying real properties, finding real tenants making real money in real estate, then immerse yourself in our community. Go to rockstarnercircle.com. It's a great spot to check out everything that we do. You can get our free books, reports, investor case studies. You can check out, you can sign up for our next free upcoming real estate investing class and access a ton of stuff to learn more about us. And thank you for listening as always. Really appreciate you. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode.